1: Hey everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by WinBet, as always, our exclusive gaming sponsor for the RotoWire podcast this football season. I'm Jeff Erickson here. My guest today is Jeff Parr from RT Sports. Jeff is in the top 20, the fi- one of the finalists for the Scott Fishbowl Championship, along with RotoWire's Peter Shankey. Uh, and happy to talk to Jeff. Jeff was in my league, he dominated our league. Now he's dominating throughout the playoffs. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. No problem. So what's the secret to your success? What got you uh, to the finals here? That's a great question. I, I, I just think it's my, my quarterback
2: play has been huge. I had both Josh Allen and Joe Burrow on my roster and they oh, wow. absolutely had, you know, great seasons. Josh Allen's actually right. First overall in scoring in this format, as everyone knows, the format's a little different with scoring. So, you know, you get points for first downs and stuff like that. So I've Aaron Jones, D- David Montgomery too, which are actually sixth and seventh in scoring in this format, too. So uh, those guys have really carried me most of the year. And then Adam Thielen had a great year before getting hurt late in the season. Mike Williams, too, had a great start to his season. Obviously, he's faded down the stretch. But early in the year, he really helped me put up some points. And Brandon Cooks, too, is another player on my team that's really been a a great uh, get for me in the mid to later rounds because he's been really consistent, even in a bad Texans offense.
1: Yeah, he has. Now, you didn't get to have him last week, uh, but you still pulled through okay. And I'm looking. You got Justin Jackson in his big week. That was that was pretty handy to have. Uh, you picked up Josh Palmer. He got scored a touchdown. Lazard scored a touchdown last week. You, you were able to find guys to replace those guys. And it, you also have you know, pretty good a good tight end in Zach Ertz, who had a ton of targets on Saturday night, too. And this is a tight end boosted scoring league, so that came in pretty handy.
2: Yeah, definitely. T.J. Hawkinson actually was my number one tight end. I took yep. him with the fourth pick, so it's hurt, miss, missing him late in the year, but kind of made up for that with some other pickups, like you mentioned. Uh, um, uh, Damian Harris, also, I forgot to mention him. He's been huge. He scored three, oh, yeah, three touchdowns last week. So uh, my running backs are pretty solid. I have a lot of a lot of depth there that I think's really helped me, especially last week because I missed both Cooks and Williams, but I was still able. I put up a ton of points last week. It was my best week of the season. I picked a, a good time for that. I scored like 264 points. So that was crazy. So I, I picked
1: a good time to go, go all in, <laughs> in this contest. Yeah. And you did it without uh, T Higgins, you know, I, I was like, okay, yeah, has probably another T Higgins guy. No, no, no T Higgins. You yeah. did have Burrow though. 525 passing yards does go a long way. Tends yeah. to help. Um, and that's the thing is like, and for people unfamiliar with the format, first of all, it's a super flex league. There's, you know, there's four total flexes, uh, so or five total flexes, I think. There's a lot of flex spots. It's boosted tight end scoring. There's penalties for interceptions, incompletions, bad quarterbacking generally, which is my team. I thought I could, you know, I I, I waited on quarterback in this league, and that did not work out so well. Um, I sometimes it does. It didn't in this this particular instance. Yeah, you can get killed if, if your quarterback
2: has a bad day. I've definitely seen people get negative 13, 14 points, and that's going to absolutely annihilate you. And that was my goal. And this this was actually the first time I've done this contest, the Scott Fish Bowl. And my goal was to get uh, two quarterbacks on my roster after the first three rounds because I didn't want to mess with the position. I wanted two solid options uh, for my quarterback spot. So that, that's what I did, and it's worked out well for me in this uh, for this year at least.
1: Yeah, it sure has. Uh, and, you know, we were, you know, we were in this together. And, uh, you know, I I drafted sixth, you drafted fifth. You're right before me, you took Josh Allen. I took Dalvin Cook. So that, that tells you how our, our seasons went. I actually made the playoffs. So I was happy to do that, but that, that was about it. Uh, it just all around, I kept on finding reasons to, or kept on making the wrong choice. Round two, I take Cam Akers, you take Aaron Jones. I guess that, I guess you win round two also. But <laughs> uh, so it goes. Cause we draft in July also so that that's the other thing for people to realize this as well before the acres injury but it's a fun format i love how it brings people from our industry it, it just illustrates there's over two thousand people in this contest it illustrates how big our community really is yeah i agree it's just an awesome contest because you have
2: guys like us in it and then regular people can play with us as well and just brings everybody together there's only you only have one entry, too, so I think it, it doesn't water down the format like some other, other big contests, too. But like you said, it brings everybody together. It's for a great cause. You can donate uh, to the different charities for this cause as well, and it's just just an awesome, awesome contest. And I think it's it's great that Scott Fish put, puts this together because I know it's probably a ton of work on his part. and He's just doing this you know, to, to give back to the community and also give back to uh, right. those charities and people that have benefited from this.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, he's done a fantastic job with that. Uh, and it's it's a super fun contest to play in, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it there. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be neat to do this next summer. Um, I, and the thing is, it's it's a little different every year too, so it keeps us on our toes too. But if I ever play this format again, I will probably prioritize quarterback a little bit more <laughs> than I did. Uh, I, I waited till I don't know one day. I, I, my first quarterback was like the seventh round. So I really waited and it was Ben Roethlisberger and yeah, that didn't work yeah. out so well. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did get Cooper cup. I did get Cooper cup everywhere hard. and that was useful, but, yeah. uh, probably the reason I made the playoffs was Cooper cup and that, and only Cooper cup, because everything else was just, I'm looking at my draft and like, Oh my God, this is, this is a disaster. <laughs> but so it goes, uh, <laughs> uh, and it wasn't like I was, uh, as a visionary, I took uh, Cooper cup in like the sixth round. So everybody had five bites of the app beforehand too. So, uh, um, yeah, I
2: took Robert Woods. I took him in the fourth, uh, fifth round, I think. So I took him for Cooper Cup. And I actually looked at my draft just like you, because I was wondering how it played out. I had Amon Amon Ross St. Brown. I took him late and I dropped him early in the year. So obviously that was a poor decision on my part, (laughs) because he really could have helped me down the stretch even more uh, with my team, which, which is solid. But having him, he's been unbelievable these last three weeks.
1: Yeah. And you know, that illustrates one thing, you know, even the best teams, have some really bad mistakes made in there. You know, I, we always do talk a lot of NFPC on the, the, the podcast or NFFC on the podcast, our radio shows and all that. Well, I usually have the overall winner and they're like, Oh yeah, I made this horrible decision here. And you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, person that's wiping out the field still makes mistakes unless you're field of salt, uh, all, uh, but, uh, you know, he, he just, he's, he was the robot. He didn't make mistakes at all. But, uh, anyways, um, you know, you're with RT Sports, Real-Time Fantasy Sports. You guys have uh, your own playoff contest coming up. You guys have had run your own leagues. What are you seeing, like, for the top teams in your contest right now? Is there any commonality? It's like you mentioned, Cooper Cup. He's been
2: on everybody's roster that I've noticed in the top. I do a, a weekly stream where I look at the top teams, and it's it's Cooper Cup. That's the common common theme is him because, like you said, you got him in the fifth sixth round in a lot of drafts. And I mean, he's been unbelievable. I don't think anybody saw this type of season coming from him. That's been the big theme for me is him and Jonathan Taylor too. Obviously there's been a couple teams near the top that have both Taylor and Cooper cup. So those teams are obviously tearing it up this year. I know Taylor had a little bit of a down game last week, still not terrible, but not great for his standards. So that, that likely hurts some teams in the playoffs, but overall it's Cooper cup, Jonathan Taylor, those guys have just been phenomenal this year and great values for everybody that took them
1: yeah those guys didn't get in the end zone last week breaking long streaks for both of them but they still got over 100 yards respectively so still didn't kill you that's for sure but uh yeah absolutely they've been fantastic this year um and it's funny you know i it, it, you, you see teams that are doing well without those guys and then you really realize they're scrambling pretty well. It's been a weird year because, you know, usually there's some separation with quarterbacks and in the fishball format there was still, you know, the efficiency matters a little bit and Allen obviously provided that, but I think that there hasn't been the big separation between the top quarterbacks and the next tier as much as stark as it has been in previous years and there's obviously been some ebb and flow there with that too.
2: Yeah, definitely I agree with that. I usually I broke what I normally do. I usually wait on a quarterback in all my leagues, but the Scott Fishbowl, different formats. So you do that, but I waited in most of my leagues. And I think you can get away. You could get away with that this year because guys like Matt Stafford, Jalen Hurts, you could get them after the top guys go. And they have still been near the top in scoring even guys like Kirk Cousins. They've been good streamers that have yeah. done well throughout the year as well. So like you said, there's not a huge separation this year. So I think that's why you don't see a, a common theme with a lot of these top teams in these championships with a certain quarterback on their roster.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, before we hit up the uh, top breaking news of the day, I wanted to uh, get, share a quick note from our friends at WinBet. If there's a one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sports book app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in seven states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Rotowire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Roto-Wire's Fantasy Podcast. I'm here with Jeff Parr from RT Sports. Jeff is in the top 20 for the Scott Fishbowl Championship. He runs a lot of contests over at RT Sports. Uh, Jeff, I want to talk though. the big news that we've been talking about, and this kind of broke yesterday, was the change in the NFL and NFLPA's uh, COVID protocols switching from 10 days to five days in terms of the quarantine. It's allowing a lot of players to come back. I just saw uh, you know, news crawling across the wire. Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley have been activated by the Bills. Previously, you know they're going to be out 10 days. Davis was going to have to miss this upcoming game. He's now good to go, I guess. Uh, and I think we're going to see that with a lot of players this week.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's huge news because these guys aren't, if they test early in the week, if they test and in- and test positive, they can still come back. Uh, I still have a little concerns depending on the severity. Cause we've seen guys that come back like, like from last week that didn't do quite great in their first game back from COVID. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a concern for me because I don't think it's just, you know, this illness is crazy and you don't know how it's going to affect you. So it's definitely something to watch still. I, I wouldn't feel, you know, completely great with fringe players that are uh, coming back from, COVID uh quickly like this. But overall, it's, it's great news for a lot of fantasy owners who don't have to scramble quite as much uh,
1: to fill their lineups for these championship games. Yeah. That, and I think you brought up a good point. It affects everybody differently. Like Allen Robinson's already missed two games. He got activated on Monday, but he said he lost 10 pounds. Yeah. And he, he thinks that conditioning is going to be a problem this week. We'll see. Maybe he just doesn't want to play with the Bears quarterbacks. But, um <laughs> you know, I, I, I but it, it does illustrate the point that there are going to be some guys that are going to de- have, different reactions to this different issues with it some would be, ah, has no problem it's, you know and others you know we'll see but uh the big issue surrounding it is going to be carson wentz uh with it moving from 10 to 5 days he now has a chance to be eligible depending on what time that happened I, the news broke at like roughly around uh one o'clock eastern you know, about 1 15 or so eastern time yesterday afternoon which if, so uh, doing doing my little math, that puts us past the one o'clock start time on Sunday. However, the test probably happened before that. Um, that's going to be one of those things. Like, when did he test? When, when you know, what's exactly five days? Is it measured from where? What? Who measures asymptomatic? You know, these are these are things that you still have to bring up that are issues.
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be tricky because there's there's more to it than just you know the five days. You have to not have symptoms, like you said, and. Supposedly, they have to get checked out by a physician, too. I think I read that as well, to be cleared, to be allowed to play. So it's it's definitely not, you know, cut and dry situation still. But it's still positive news, in my opinion, uh, for people for this weekend, though, because a lot of these guys could play in that shorter window than they had been, but that that they have been, you know, subjected to before.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, but speaking specifically about this Colts Raiders game, this is a tough one to figure out. Obviously, you know, it's a huge difference if it's uh, Sam Erlinger versus w- uh, Wentz at quarterback. As so much as we mock on, you know, rag on Wentz um, and he he's earned it. But, you know, it's definitely one of those where, you know, it's a big difference. And it's funny, I, I was tracking the line movement of this game. It was opened up at seven and a half. As soon as that Wentz news broke, it dropped all the way down to one and a half it's now been bet back up to six and a half in most outlets. So obviously, you know, betters are thinking that Wentz is going to play.
2: Yeah, that's a huge, it's a huge, huge difference. I mean, teams still are going to stack the box trying to stop Jonathan Taylor, but Wentz can at least keep him a little more honest and he's made some big plays at times. Like you said, he deserves all the criticism uh, that he does get, but he's played pretty well at times. And I think he's been an upgrade for them at quarterback this season. So it's a, it's a huge, huge difference. And, uh, you know, I'm not touching this game until I know that uh, Wentz is playing before I make any bets uh, on right. the
1: Raiders game. Right. It's not. And it's not just Wentz. Also, it's his offensive line too. Uh, Quentin Nelson. They had like four starters missing in that Arizona game. Not all of them are COVID. Some of them are just actual injuries too. But uh, that's obviously a big deal. as if they, you know whether they, you know, Taylor's going to have those holes to run through. He had a. It, it was a struggle last week when you lose your entire offensive line, including players just before the game. Yeah, of course, you're going to, it's going to be a little trickier there. Uh, But that's a big difference. And plus, this is a big game for both teams. Both teams are fighting for playoff spots. You know, the Raiders, they don't look the part to me, but they're eight and seven. So they're still in the hunt, you know, and this is a huge game for both teams. Yeah, definitely. The Raiders are kind of, you
2: know, they're emblematic of the entire football season, in my opinion, because they're so up and down. It's just so hard to predict this year. And that's kind of how they've been throughout yeah. the year. They look great one week, next week, they look terrible. And, just They're hard to figure out, but like you said, they're still in the hunt, still got a chance to play, could face another backup quarterback this week, which is good news for them, but uh, I I like the Colts in this one, though, just because of of Jonathan Taylor, and that defense is still pretty good, in my opinion, I think they can shut down uh, Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And it's interesting. Derek Carr for a while was a fantasy viable quarterback. Not not really so much anymore. Um, he and I, They haven't had Waller. I think that's just a it's a big part of it there. There's some talk that Waller might try to practice today. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, obviously, getting him back would be a big change for that lineup. Yeah, definitely. Waller's a huge difference maker. Foster Moreau is actually
2: a guy I kind of like this week if he does start. He's been yeah. getting a few more targets. Colts haven't been good against a tight end as well. So I'm going to watch that situation. But Waller, he, he's a huge difference
1: maker for Carr, definitely. Yeah, absolutely there. Uh, the Josh Jacobs got his first 100-yard rushing game and since last season, I think, uh, last week against the Broncos. So, you know, I don't know if you can count on that against the Colts. I think it'll be a tough ask. We'll see if Darius Leonard plays. I think that's part of it. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that it's going to be – one where uh, we'll watch and see. And we're going to have to wait till Saturday, Sunday, which is pretty much true. The last few weeks, anyhow, it's been crazy this news cycle. How every thirty minutes, there's some big bombshell item. Yeah, definitely, and it, it's affecting the way I'm
2: approaching championship games. I'm in a couple this week, but I'm making sure I have some viable options on my bench because yeah. you don't know what's going to break. And I'm I'm advising people to do that as well. I mean, get guys on your bench, even if you don't think. I mean, in the past, I always say start your studs and go with them in the playoffs. But it's different this year. You don't know if your stud's going to be there. So even if you have a great starting lineup with Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, and you know Boston Scott's out there on your waiver wire, and he's a better option, what you have on your bench, go get him. Because I think you have to be smart about it. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen up to the last minute of the, you know, before the inactives come out. So I, I would just be smart about it. And make sure you have good options on your bench. at all your positions because you don't know when this this illness is going to strike.
1: Yeah, and to that point, if you got a player in the Sunday night game or the Monday night game, you you need to have a pivot. Uh and that's it's hard to take up a roster spot for that. Uh and it's especially if it's a quarterback. Like last week I was stuck starting Tua in a couple of places. I had Lamar Jackson, okay, great. I'll pick up Tyler Huntley. Okay, great. Now who do I have? Okay, I'll go to a, but I picked up Ian Book just in case Tua went on the COVID IR just before the start of the game. Cuz I just didn't want to get stuck with a zero there. Uh, yeah. Because and, and it's frustrating dealing with that, but, uh, I think you need to do things like that. And granted, I would have got like two points, but, or in Scott fishbowl, probably negative 30. I don't know. It was, it was, it was pretty hideous performance, but, uh, that, that the saints were just, they, they were COVID racked as bad as anybody last week. Um, so yeah, the point is, you know, those standalone games, those late games, you have an extra burden there.
2: Yeah, most definitely. And you're going to do things you normally would never do, but. Championship week, too, you can afford to drop some people you probably wouldn't drop as well. So I would feel, you know, better about dropping some players you wouldn't drop early in the year because no one can pick them up. You yeah, know, that's right. As that's well. A, that's so a,
1: it's something yeah, especially if you're not going to use them, drop them, period. Yeah. And then it's, and you can and pick. I believe in picking up players to, to play a little defense, too. You know, and you're in a championship game. You've got a guy that is out there like a Boston Scott, like you mentioned. You may not use them. Prevent your opponent from using him. You know how many people lost to Justin Jackson last week. You know they could have picked him up, uh, and 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 if they had the hammer to pick him up and didn't use it, you know shame on them. Yeah, I, I did that
2: in one of my leagues. I picked up both Boston Scott and Dar. I'm not going to pronounce his last name with Jacksonville because I'm going to butcher it. Ogden Benwali. <laughs> yes. yes, I picked him up because the guy I'm playing this week in my championship had Clyde Edward Hilaire and his bench is not good. And I know Edward Hilaire might not play. And then if he doesn't play and he's, he has a really poor bench, I just picked up two of the best options on the waiver wire, in my opinion. Playing a little defense, like you said, I think it's something you you should think about.
1: Yeah, I did that in the uh, flex uh, Jake Jake Seeley's contest, uh, the flex super flex online league. And uh, but then I ended up using Jackson. I, I was like, okay, well, I actually think he's a better thing. Has, and it's a super flex league, and I only used one quarterback last week. Uh, it was one of those weird things. I have just I'm loaded at wide receiver. I had five receivers I wanted to use. And they all they all produced. So that was nice. So but uh, point it. But I was like I was looking at, him, OK, you know what? He's actually better than Trevor Lawrence this week. So let's just go Jackson. And yeah, that worked out. Yeah, definitely. You, you got to you can't always just
2: throw those two quarterbacks out there. If, if one guy's not doing great, I, there's no problem at all. I have no problem at all, especially, in a you know, the standard PPR format with rolling out. Somebody going to rack up those catches or
1: get those total yards. So I, I, I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, because usually I, I, in a super flex league I preach just start the quarterback, but I think yeah. this was just, just a special level. And you know what I Because uh, I that was a league where I picked up Tyler Huntley, was planning on using him. Then obviously the news came down Christmas morning that he wasn't going to play on Sunday, so I was like, okay, great. You know that that was the thing that got me tilted. Is there's all this news happening on Christmas Day, and I'm like, <laughs> just let me step away for 30 minutes. <laughs> I agree. You can never step away
2: at this time of year. I, I hate to say it. No. I always do the same thing. i you have, you know, how work is. You got, you got vacation days to burn. I'm like, I can't take any vacation days. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's that time of year. I got, I'm stuck to this. I gotta, you know, get my rankings updated and keep up with the player notes and all that stuff. So exactly. You do you below. have kids? I do. I have two kids. I have a
1: high schooler and a sixth grade girl. Nice. I've got yep. two high schoolers, but you know you have to try to make yeah you know you have to have that the family work balance, and obviously Christmas it creates a lot of that tension there too. Uh, but uh, got through it okay. But man, just just stop for a little bit, just stop spinning. <laughs> Definitely. So you do your rankings, uh, and for the weekly, you know the, the week it's a tough week this week. I thought there's a couple guys I wanted to bring up at quarterback. Uh, what are you doing with Trey Lance this week? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I have him as a low-end number two. I I think the
2: upside's there. You know, good matchup against Houston. I know they've been playing better, but still his rushing ability. uh, You know, he scored, I believe it was, yeah, he scored 20-plus points in week four, had 17-and-a-half in week five in his start. So I think the potential's definitely there for him. I mean, in a two-quarterback format, I'm definitely playing him. I mean, if it's your standard league, I would worry a little bit about just because I think the floor is definitely low with him just because, you know, he's a rookie and you don't know right. what he's going to do out there, but you know, the rushing ability definitely helps his floor. But overall I would consider him, you know, in that middle pack, uh, number two range in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I've got him at 13. I think that's uh, maybe a little, maybe a little aggressive because we don't even know for sure that he's going to start. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm operating on the assumption Garoppolo can't play with that thumb injury. But we'll see. Um, they're they're going to play that a little close to the vest, but the practice reports will tell the story. If he's not practicing, he's not going to play, uh, especially a quarterback. That's always been my rule of thumb. That's why I've been like, tr- you know, tracking Lamar the same way. If he practices, okay, then then I'll rank him. But for now, I'm assuming he's not going to play until he actually gets out there and practices. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but so I've, I've got Lance at 13. We'll see if I, that sticks. Uh, I might move him a little lower, but. Like some of the other options that I'd use there is QB twos. Like I don't like their matchup. Ryan Tannehill versus Miami. I don't want any of my quarterbacks facing Miami right now. They're a pain in the butt to play against.
2: Yeah, definitely. They, they, they have a great secondary. Uh, they've been playing much better lately. I know the matchups have been favorable for them, but still playing really well. Tannehill's going to be without Julio Jones. I mean, like you said, in that same range, even like Russell Wilson. That's a good question. I mean, would you play Russell Wilson or Trey Lance? i I may actually lean Lance here, because Wilson's just been so bad. I was just writing about yeah. him. Uh, I just I don't understand what's going on with him. It, it baffles me, especially with Lockett and Metcalf. Is it the play calling? Is it him being timid? I don't know what's going on. I he just needs a change of scenery, in my opinion. I don't know if he's you know checked out for the year because they're out of it or what, but he just does not look good in my opinion right now. And he's a guy that is. Falling three yes. down in my
1: rankings. Yeah, so I have them back-to-back. I have them 12 and 13, respectively, okay. but it's because it's Detroit. Although, I don't think Detroit's terrible anymore. But yeah. uh, they've actually been playing pretty hard defensively. Uh, but I think he came back too soon. That's my theory. And I think that he's not able to make the throws that he needs to make still. I, I think he does it at times, but I think he needs a full offseason. I think they... I do think he needs a fresh start. I think Seattle's got a bit of a malaise. I think that offensive line is terrible in Seattle. I think that's all a big part of it. But it, we also might be at the decline phase of his career. It's possible. I mean, I don't think he scrambles nearly as well as he used to. Uh, and it's hard to go to go from a scrambling quarterback to being a pocket passer. Uh, maybe not having the same sight lines that he used to have. Uh, that he can't see the field as well. These are some of my theories I'm going with. I don't know. It, it's... I think it's complicated. No, I think that's a
2: great point, especially with the scrambling aspect, because he's always had a fairly suspect offensive line throughout his career, and it's always been him kind of improvising, making the plays on the run. But like you said, he doesn't move quite as well as he used to. Maybe he is in the decline phase of his career. It's something to
1: definitely keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, another One other quarterback before we move on to other positions, uh, you know, Joe Burrow. He, he won people uh, games last week. But this week he faces the Chiefs, and if you're talking week five Chiefs, you'd be like, yes, I can't wait. But what we've seen from the Chiefs lately, when, ever since Chris Jones moved to the middle, uh, I, I they're, they're a tough nut to crack. I think they're a pretty tough pass defense.
2: Yeah, definitely. They have a great pass defense. They, like you said, since they moved Chris Jones, it's just been a different animal for them. They have just looked, it's just night and day in my opinion. I don't understand how it – it uh, you know, how they've had such a turnaround. It's just absolutely crazy to me. I love uh I still love Joe Burrow though. Uh even in that matchup against Kansas City. I think he's gonna, you know, produce a big game. I think he's still I still haven't fifth over all my rankings for this week. So I still think he's gonna have a, a good showing uh this week despite the tougher matchup. Tough for me to, you know, get down on too much after last week's monster, monster performance. Right
1: and i think the bengal's are better when they throw. Uh, i think that that's hard to get away from that. Uh, i know they went through a stretch where they're like grinded out against the raiders there or there that way they ran the ball a ton against the uh steelers a little bit too and then definitely against the broncos. So that that was just an ugly game all around. Like they won, but it was an ugly game. uh but i have them at 6, so i'm kind of right there with you. uh I, I put i put brady mahomes, stafford, allen and rogers all over all ahead of him, but everybody else is behind him.
2: yep. Uh, I'm I'm similar to that, too. I have Mahomes, Rodgers, Allen, uh, and Brady ahead of them. Okay. We're pretty
1: close there. Yep. Um, cool. We're going to continue going through some of the top news and ranking issues of the week. Uh, I'm here with Jeff Parr, but first, we've got a quick note from Yahoo. The NFL season is heating up, and Yahoo is going big on Daily Fantasy Football this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including multi-entry contests now being shark-free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and tons of overlay and prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. All right. I'm here with Jeff Parr from RT sports. Uh, RT is running playoff leagues. Uh, so jump on there. I, I love playing in playoff leagues, Jeff. Uh, I've, I've done a bunch of them uh, over time uh, either, you know, on various platforms. Uh, and sometimes even just like, we'll just score it ourselves. Like I've done one on uh, with the radio show every year that, just do a, a spreadsheet on. I love doing playoff drafts. I think it's a it's a blast to just find a way to have some skin in the game. I agree. It's they're a lot of fun if you've never
2: done them. There's different formats you can do as well. Like you said, we have this huge fantasy uh championship shootout that we do, fifty thousand dollar grand prize. It's kind of like our big fantasy championship game, but for the playoffs, you can only pick two players from each team though. So there's you know a lot of strategy involved. You have to figure out these teams that are going to advance the farthest and and this season it's anybody's guess who's going to make the Super Bowl. So they're a lot of fun, though. We have different formats, all different things you can do. Just go to rtsports.com. You can check out everything we have to offer. Like Jeff said, though, they're a lot of fun if you've never done them. I highly suggest it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Sometimes you can do a one and done where you can use a player once and then you're done using them. So you have to kind of try to figure out who's going to be around at the end but cuz you don't want to like have nobody to use but you also you don't want to have that high scoring guy that goes out in the in the in the conference finals or whatever uh and then d- not get a chance to use them at all too. So I it's that's one way to play it. I do another one where we do just it's a, a snake draft and what we do is you're trying to bankroll teams. You're trying to just try to get multiple guys on a on a top team that's going far. But if you're back in the draft, you may not be able to get that. So you have to try to decide best available versus best on that, best remaining from a team you're trying to back up. And I I like that tension, that decision you have to make too. Yeah. Tough decisions with that, with that format too. Like you
2: said, there's all different ways you can play it. And and that's, what's kind of different about the fantasy playoffs because there's so many different ways you can go about setting up a league. We do, we do commissioner service too for playoffs as well. So like you said, you can, you can play around with it and figure out different ways to run a league and invite your buddies and, you know, just have some fun, keep playing fantasy football, you know, just because
1: regular season's over, it doesn't mean you have to stop. Right. And RT has done always run great leagues. Uh, I played a number of times are playing the labor leagues there on RT. So it's a good product. Check it out. Um, And especially if you want to jump in and you don't have a league already, or if you want to have a place to host your league, check that out. Uh, Let's talk running backs, Jeff. Uh, There's some interesting names in the top 15 or so uh, that you wouldn't have expected this time of year. Uh, Starting with Rashad Penny. Now Rashad Penny is a feature back 137 rushing 135 rushing yards last week against the Bears home game against Detroit how high do you have uh, Penny? I actually have
2: him 14 this week I love Penny this week like you said 100 yard games two of three double digit carries four straight Detroit's allowed 100 plus rushing yards three of four and 180 plus rushing yards four times this season so they've been susceptible against a run I think Penny's going to have a Another good showing. So I have him just outside, you know, that running back, that running back one uh, category, uh Yeah. Uh, area.
1: I actually have him eight. Okay. I'm way <laughs> bullish on him. I don't know. The one thing that's a negative is he doesn't catch a lot of passes, or at least yep. he didn't last week. Uh, and they do have DJ Dallas. they do have Travis Homer. those guys could jump in. I, I thought it was noteworthy Alex Collins was just a scratch last week. they they they're done. The Alex Collins story is done. Um, and I actually had him in some places and he poured in a storm, you know, you got it sometimes you need it. It's, it's desperate, but uh, I think Penny is the better you know the better upside player. so uh, I'm glad to see him healthy for a change. I'd like to see this happen next year, he could be the lead back. We'll see what they do with the Seattle team. I mean what they do with Carson. If he even comes back to this team again, um, I I would really like to see Penny get a shot at being the lead back.
2: I would, too. There's always been a lot of hype surrounding him Uh, every season. It seems like it's like you said, though, it's been injury. He just hasn't been able to stay Mm -hmm. on the field. He can stay on the field. Definitely super talented back. And he he's showing his potential right now because this is really the first time he's been able to run with the job and he's done a great job with it. So it'd be interesting to see what he can do over
1: a full season. Damian Harris had three touchdowns last week he came into the week uh after having missed the prior week with the hamstring injury he was listed as questionable had some limited practices but Ramondre Stevenson was out with COVID and Harris went nuts uh the three touchdowns now he gets a home game against Jacksonville this is a pretty pretty choice setup for him
2: it is definitely I have him right behind Penny ironically just yep. kind of the same reason you mentioned because he doesn't catch passes that limits his value a little bit. I know you have to love his touchdown potential in this game against Jacksonville, but still it worries me a little bit that he doesn't catch passes. That why he that's why he's not in that elite category just yet, but he should have another good game. I think he could hit the 100-yard rushing mark. He has a 100-yard rushing uh, games two straight. So, he's been uh really good despite not getting, you know, a ton a ton of work cuz he his season high in carries is 23, but he's usually around that, you know, 14-15 mark. So, he's still producing pretty well. Despite that, in that you know, very good run,
1: Patriots offense. Yeah, he is. He really is. And uh, it's the th- that's the thing about the Pats all along is you know they can run. It's just a question of who's going to get the ball that particular week. And it, it's been worse in other years. I still remember like the Jonas Lewis uh, thing. You know, Jonas Gray thing. Four touchdowns one week. Oversleeps, misses, uh, is late to practice the next, and you never hear from him again. Uh, but uh, that that's that's them in a nutshell. Uh, Ronald Jones, awesome matchup against the Jets. You know. The Jets are the worst team against running backs fantasy wise. Uh, However, do we know that Jones is going to get how much work is he going to get? Is Keyshawn Vaughn going to cut into his work? He still might have enough, even though Vaughn was active last week and and had the long touchdown. Jones still had 20 carries. I, I think Jones is another good start this week. And I hate I hate to admit it because he's burned me so many times.
2: Yeah, I like Jones a lot this week. I have him 13th in my rankings mm-hmm. just because of the volume last week. You know, he had 20 carries despite Vaughn having that big run. He still was the back. Uh, you have to worry about him in the passing game, too, because he's had a lot of drops in his day. I, I think he's actually a competent pass catcher, but he just has, for whatever reason, had issues on game day. So it's intriguing to me to what he can do in this matchup because so I could see Tampa Bay getting up big having to run the ball a lot late in the game to kill the clock. I know they don't always do that because it's Tampa Bay and they like to still throw the ball late in the game. But uh, even with that said, I think uh, Jones could get a lot of work and have a huge, huge game this week. What are you doing Zeke Elliott? Zeke Elliott. I still have him in the top 10 and it's mainly just because he's finding the end zone. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, even though he's not doing much else because you know, he's getting his carries, but he's just kind of plodding along, Uh, but he's finding the end zone. I like, the rushing matchup for uh dallas in this one i like both pollard and elliott this week against a cardinals rush defense that has really kind of gone south recently they're a team that's reeling i think both backs are going to do well in
1: this game and i like them both for this week yeah uh he has had a resurgence the last two weeks after some really you know turgid outings prior to that uh what about uh saquon barkley what are you doing with him how bad? how how buried is he in your rankings
2: Yeah, I have him outside, right outside the top twenty. It's just so hard. I mean, he's getting the work. He just, he just can't find any room to run. And yeah, I think one of these times he's going to break a long runoff. And you know, he's still super talented, and I I like his ability, but he's just not getting it done. And it's crazy to me to have him ranked behind Devin Singletary and even Melvin Gordon this week, but. That's where I have him right now, and I just uh, I don't have much faith in him. I, I think he's always capable just because he's really
1: talented, but just not a lot not a player I'm very high on right now. I'm with you. I've got him at 25, uh, and I, I have him ahead of Singletary, but behind like Deonta Foreman, Devontae Freeman, Cordell Patterson. I've kind of got lower this week. Finally, he only played 25 snaps last week. Uh, I don't know why Atlanta is limiting him as much as they are, but they are. Uh, and uh, you know, it was a close game last week. And he played as few as snaps, basically, which is kind of scary. Yeah, definitely. And he's not
2: getting work in the passing game right now, too, which is a concern for me uh, yeah. with his value, because that's always helped him, even when he hasn't, you know, done much on the ground running the ball. But he's he's got those catches. He's not even getting the catches right now, so I have him a lot lower than I have in recent weeks as well. Yeah, uh, Boston Scott is he this week's Justin Jackson? Oh, I don't think so. I don't trust that situation. I like the matchup because Washington's kind of reeling right now. But they're not very good against the pass, so I think they're going to have more success throwing the ball. I just don't know if I totally trust Scott in the situation, how they use him and Phil- how Philadelphia uses their backs, kind of a, another situation. If Jordan Howard is healthy. I think he's going to be in the mix as well. I don't think he has quite Justin Jackson potential in my opinion
1: think you're probably right um it, you know it, it's a good matchup but it's not like a smash matchup and as you alluded you know he might have to share like goal line carries we'll see what happens jordan howard and his stinger i think that's obvious, uh, you know we'll see then again the practice reports are going to tell the story for us we know miles sanders is not going to play they could do something like put kenneth gainwell in goal line situations just to mess with us because that's what they do um <laughs> but yeah I, i've got him in the top 20 i do oh, wow. have him as a startable back uh but Again, there's some fluidity to those rankings. I mean, I, I always do an update on Thursday and another one uh, uh, Saturday night slash Sunday morning. You know, frankly, and as news breaks, you know, I, I, if anything huge happens. Uh, one last running back situation before I move on to wide receivers. Uh, what are you doing with the Chiefs running backs? What are you doing with Darrell Williams? What are you doing with Derek Gore? Uh, I'm assuming C- no Ceh this week.
2: Yeah, I'm assuming that too. I really like Williams a lot. I know Gore had some play last week, but mm-hmm. Williams has been the back when uh, CEH has been out. And he's had two games with 20-plus fantasy points. He's racked up the catches too. He has two games, one with nine catches, another with six. And he has at least three catches, three or four games. So even with Edwards Hilaire in the lineup, he's been getting catches. So I like that aspect of his game. I think it could be a shootout. I think he has top 20 potential. I actually have him – 23rd right now in my rankings uh yep. daryl williams but uh, i think he definitely could be a guy that could actually outperform my current ranking at this point because i think the potential is there for a high scoring game a lot of fantasy points i think he's going to catch passes as well
1: and just a uh, news that kind of came down uh with uh, the Bengals: jermaine pratt one of their linebackers is just put on the COVID list uh they're already without uh one of their other top linebackers in logan wilson so you know That's something you look for. It's like maybe the Chiefs will look to exploit that. I think that uh, could help Williams. So I have him at 24, so I'm right there with you. I think he could, uh, with the the potential for a higher upside. I just worry that maybe Gore cuts into his workload a little bit. But I I wouldn't pick too much apart from last week because it was such a blowout against the Steelers. So I wouldn't really look into the workload issue so much. Once they knew that C.E.H. was hurt, they probably didn't want to expose Williams as much once the game was in hand. Yeah,
2: I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I think that's why it was kind of a game flow situation with why Gore got a
1: little more playing time there. I'm not, I'm not quite too worried about him in this matchup. Right on. Um, before we move to wide receivers, one last uh, read from our friends, friends at Thrive. Thrive is back for another season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription: one, visit rotowire.com/thrive; two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100; and three, play in your first paid contest and receive that free six-month Rotowire subscription.
0: Before history is written, Bobby
1: Orr, behind the, the and no!
0: it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com.
1: Thanks to our friends at Thrive. Thanks to uh, the Blue Wire Network for hosting all of our podcasts this season. I'm here with Jeff Parr from RT Sports. Jeff is in the uh, finals of the Scott Fishball. One of 20 people still left in that contest. Uh, So we're going to be cheering him on. He was in my league, so... I guess it's a mixed bag. I I drafted so poorly that you could put together such a monstrous (laughs) lineup, but especially because we're right next to each other, so I shouldn't be too happy about it. But I am happy for you. We've met a few times in Vegas at FSTA and all that, so I always like someone that I know doing well. Uh, But uh, let's talk wide receivers real quick because uh, some interesting ranks this week. Tell me, what are you doing with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and and just the Seattle game as a whole? I, don't, I just, I don't trust them. It seems
2: like it's one or the other every week. So it's, yep. I mean, you can't really bench them if you have them on your team because you, I mean, you probably used a lot of draft capital on them and they're probably your best options and they still have high ceilings, but I have them both outside my top 20. I actually have DK Metcalf. I think I I'm 27 right now. And I know he scored last week, but he still had just two catches. Yeah. Previous, week, previous week, he had 12 targets. So that was encouraging. But then Went back down. Just had two catches last week. So it's, they're just hard guys to trust right now. It's, it seems it's one or the other, and I have a hard time, uh, you know, feeling great about them, either of them. And this, even if
1: it's a pretty good matchup against the Lions. Yeah, I've got them 1920 respectively, but only because like there's certain guys that aren't playing this week, or there's bad quarterback issues. Like Terry McLaurin, I have below them uh, right now. I have like Ayuk and Mooney below them, but and it, it's. It's close. It's really close. I mean, I also have Amon Ross St. Brown at 30. I I haven't fully bought in, but I I can move him a little higher too. We'll see. But, uh, you know, it's really hard to say, okay, you shouldn't be starting Metcalf. Like you're really going to start Hunter Renfro over DK Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. I, I I would do that. Uh, so that's one of the tough ones. Uh, Couple other guys, I thought that. Oh, let's talk St. Brown a little bit here. You, you talked about how you drafted You actually saw the value and drafted him, but didn't have the time, you know, the ability to hold on to him. Maybe you know, there's you know, bye weeks and all that that kicks in. But uh where are you doing with him next year? What are you doing with this week, and what are you doing with him next year? That's a great
2: question. I still love him this week. I mean, last week was what sold it for me because he still produced. Yeah. Uh, with the quarterback situation that they had i mean he has double digit targets four straight games so he's getting a ton of volume 20 plus points three of those four games so i still i love him i actually have him 14 in my rankings this week i still think uh I, i i trust him and i'm i'm plugging i actually have him in one of my championship games and i'm plugging and playing him and i'm feeling good about him next year I don't know. It it worries me a little bit to what they're going to do. You know, obviously they're going to need to add some more weapons at wide receiver because it's him and that's it. So I could see them going all in on somebody, maybe, you know, bumping him down a little bit, but I still think he definitely has some potential talented guy. Uh He's definitely progressed this year. He's shown that he's, you know, grown from early in the year, which, you know, was a reason I probably let him go because he did next to nothing the first three weeks. But now he's getting going, and I, I still think he has some potential going forward. I, I want to see what they do in the offseason, but but yeah. uh, he's a player that I'm kind of, you know, feeling
1: pretty good about going forward. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Goff as his quarterback next year, ju- just due to the cap hit. Uh, yeah. But you know, yeah, you know, even if they cut him, they'd only save like five hundred thousand dollars. So um, I think it, at least through next year, you'll see Goff at quarterback. And I don't see why they'd cut him actually, you know, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I especially with ne- next year's draft class not being that great, anyhow. I think you just yep. ride with golf because you can see how how ugly it can get otherwise there on the waiver yes. wire in real life. A uh, couple other guys I thought of of, of note here that are kind of interesting. I, I do agree that it's St. Brown's pretty uh pretty is getting close to the circle trust, but you're going to be watching Adam Thielen very closely. You've got him in fishbowl. I don't think he's going to play. I, I saw the way he reacted to that injury. I'm I'm pretty pessimistic.
2: Yeah, I'm not high on him either. Just. I mean, he was in and out of that game. It looked like he was done at one point when he went down uh with his ankle and was really frustrated, kind of threw his helmet. So yep. obviously not right. It, it's a huge game for them. That that would be the only reason that I think he might try to gut it out again. Just yeah. because it's such a big game for them and they kind of need him out there. But you know, if he's not effective and he's not doing a great job uh on the field, you know, I could see I could see them maybe, you know, holding him out, like you said.
1: Yeah. Uh if Thielen does not play. Where does K.J. Osborne rank
2: for you? Oh, good question. I, I would put him – I mean, I wouldn't bump him up, you know, in a crazy territory, maybe around that 30-ish mark, because uh, he's definitely uh, – you know, he, he had seven targets last week, even with Adam Thielen out there, and he has seven-plus targets, three or four games. So he's getting some volume, and I think they could be playing from behind against Green Bay, having to throw the ball. So I know Green Bay has a good secondary, but, it, you know, even with that said, if they're playing from behind, they're going to have to throw it. I would move him up in that, you know, 30th range. I think he definitely has some potential for this week.
1: Cool. Um, Any
2: uh, other sneaky plays at wide
1: receiver that you like this week?
2: Good question. Uh, Sneaky plays. I actually kind of like Robbie Anderson a little bit this week. One guy I kind of. Okay, that's sneaky. Yeah, moving up my rankings. He has double-digit targets, two or three games. Quarterback situation has been terrible for them. But he's still playing his best. You know, he hasn't done much at all this year, but he's playing his best Mm -hmm. of late. So that's kind of encouraging to me. I think he's better if uh, Sam Darnold's throwing throwing him passes. But still, he's getting a lot more volume lately. So he's a guy I kind of have moved up a little bit in my rankings. Rashad Bateman, too, is another guy that I think could have a good game this week in a game that I think Ravens are going to have to score some points against the Rams. I know they have a good secondary, but still, they've been a little susceptible to the pass. I think he could get volume, too. Laquan Treadwell is another guy that is yeah. uh, inching up my rankings at least four catches uh five straight games so not flashy but consistent and that's all you can ask for you know sometimes so I think he's a guy that I would uh you know consider using as maybe a you know low end number three if you're desperate for a flex play this week
1: yeah I've got Treadwell at 40 um but that's right in the range obviously you know it's, it's kind of like the guys around him are like Marquez Callaway, Michael Gallup Van Jefferson I actually like Jefferson a lot this week too uh that uh, my colleague Jim Coventry uh, calls the Ravens a pass funnel right now because of their <laughs> secondary injury. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that I do like it. You know, and you, I think you're right about Bateman. I think he he's a fun he's a fun player. He's going to be a really good player in this league. I think.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm really high on him. I think he's uh, you know a very exciting player. And even Marquise Brown's been better this year. I know mm-hmm. you know he has at least five catches five straight games. So he's been really consistent. Uh, despite not having a ton of yards at times, but still, he's been at least he's been a lot more consistent than last year, which was a very frustrating season for uh,
1: Brown owners. Indeed, Jeff, let's talk about you a little bit. Um, you've been—I know you've been in the F in the, in the in the with RT for a while, but how long? When? How did you get your start? Uh, I actually used to, you know, did the local newspaper scene
2: type thing, but then I—I I got a job with the Sporting News, and I was in the books department there as an editor. Uh, for a few years and then after that uh, with them I moved up and started working doing fantasy stuff with uh, Sporting News after a couple seasons in the book department and then we all know the Sporting News kind of went a little you know <laughs> downhill yeah. there with a lot of moves and whatnot reorganization and and then I got hooked up with these people at Real Time Fantasy Sports and I've been with them for 16 years now so I've been in the industry I, I was with the Sporting News for about five years so I've been in in the industry fantasy industry uh, almost 20 years now so I've been doing this a long time yeah got my start with the sporting news I was I was more doing baseball stuff but now I've moved to the football side I've always been a better football player in my opinion okay uh, so that that's how I uh, got my start you know at sporting news now I'm here at real-time fantasy sports been doing it for close to 20
1: years now yeah I knew you'd been a long time I wasn't sure exactly when you started but you know I, I, we started ninety seven. Uh, so, and I, have seen, I saw you at a lot of conferences, so yeah. I, I knew you'd been around for a really long time, but, um, you're a St. Louis guy, right? I'm looking I at am. the Cardinals thing in the background there. So with the Rams gone, who do you root for? I root
2: for the chiefs. My son's kind of adopted them as his team. Okay. We actually saw a chiefs game against Tennessee this year. It was a terrible game. Yeah, <laughs> in it was. Tennessee, if you remember, but I do, we made the, we made the trip there, but it's kind of been my team now. The chiefs rooting for them. Uh, they're still
1: in our state. So. Well, I will lay claim to them. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So, like my folks are in Wichita, Kansas. I went to high school there, but I don't really claim being from Kansas. But no. uh I was only there for three years. Uh but my my, fam- my my brother and my parents, they're Chiefs fans. So uh they can share that with you there. Uh it's just a three-hour drive, so just from the opposite direction, basically. Um, and uh, but they're they're a fun teams. So this is a big week. So I'm a Bengals fan. So we're okay. we're kind of at, at, at loggerheads here. But because, uh, see, I grew up in Indy. But before the Colts moved there, I, I think I was 12 years old and the Colts moved to Indy and they were terrible. So I just stuck with the Bengals. Uh, I started with them and I, my dad is one of them who made me a Bengals fan. I stayed, he switched, but you know, go figure. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm hoping the payoffs there. Now that we've got Burrow, I've waited all this time. Maybe they're actually good. Who knows? Don't get, yeah, get my they, hopes up too high, but they definitely
2: have the potential. I love that offense, man.
1: Those three, three weapons at receiver
2: Burrow, you guys are set for a while offensively. So that's, Exciting times to be a Cincinnati fan, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. And then, you know, hopefully we can address, like, defense and the offensive line in the draft next year because we got all the skill position players we need. So be interesting to see how that comes comes to fruition. But it uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, Jeff, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Good luck in the Scott Fishbowl Finals and all your finals. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. I had a lot of fun uh, talking with you. Yeah, I, I did as well. You bet. And uh, you can follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeff Parr. That's P-A-U-R. Uh and of course, check out RT Sports' playoff leagues, uh, all sorts of different ways to play their contest or play your or host your own league. So check that all out. Uh we got uh tomorrow, we got Mario and John. Thanks for listening to the uh Road to Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great day.